Welcome to the Mixing Babies and Business podcast, where parenthood meets professional development. We'll be covering all things business, flexible, and remote work with kids. I'm your host, Amy Lynch, and I'll be interviewing inspiring guests who've been showing up as their full selves as parents and blurring the lines between their personal and professional lives. Visit mixingbabiesandbusiness.com to join our movement of parents seeking to invest in themselves alongside their kids. Our next guest on the podcast is Tanya Hales. Tanya is a mom of one and an award-winning event planner, freelance writer, public speaker, and creative storyteller using various mediums to evoke emotions, create change, and magnify moments. She is the founder of Black Moms Connection, an online global village and nonprofit organization, as well as a diversity, equity, inclusion, and representation disruptor doing anti-Black racism consulting through color in white spaces. Our conversation took place in August before we knew what back to school would look like. It's split into three parts, so stay tuned for future episodes where we talk about all things community, creating change, and parenthood. This is part one of our chat with Tanya. Let's get into it. Okay, first of all, I'd like to find out what is your current situation because I've been seeing you post on Instagram about working from home and previously you mentioned that you had joined a co-working space but you still found that to be a bit distracting. Now the majority of people have been working from home who have the ability to remote work and I just want to know what a typical day in your life would look like working from home with your son at the moment. Yeah, so actually... um so before September, so I still have an office. I don't go to it. <laughs> so before September, my son's school was a five minute drive from my office. So I used to live in this nice Bermuda Triangle. My house, his school and my office were all a 10 minute drive from each other. Uh, and then we moved, but I kept him in the same school. So I was driving across town every day, five, five days a week, twice a day. Uh, so in September, when he started his new school, which is an eight minute walk from our house, I really st- I stopped going to my office because like, ah, by the time I get all the way there and then like come all the way back, it's just easier for me to work from home. So I've actually been working from home since uh, September, you know, with hit or miss <laughs> uh, results, because it is very much different than when you're, you know, working someplace, you're in a different mindset when you physically go into an office space, whether it's co-working or any type of office. So when COVID hit and everyone was home, the challenge for me was I'm used to having silence during the day and maybe I can take a nap. And now there's, I'm surrounded by people (laughs) and noise and other things all the time. So, um, you know, it really adjusted when my peak hours were. And then also too, like my whole entire business. So my primary business is event planning, which no longer exists right now. So temporarily, yes, right. Exactly. So there was a lot of different shifts all at once, of course, which everyone, um, has suffered through. So there was a lot of adjustments in terms of, well, what's the point of even waking up if I don't have any work to do? And then even when I do wake up, there's like people in my house. So, you know, there was, it it took me a while to get into a rhythm. I think March was really just grieving the loss of what was to be uh, for 2020, whether it's for me personally or my business. April, May, I kind of gave myself some projects to work on and other things to focus on. And then June, uh, you know, 
um, a lot of things happen in the world. Uh, you know, a racial revolution began and um, demands for me and my time skyrocketed. So what I've been doing in the past two weeks and has been such a game changer uh, is two things. So I'm still a paper planner girl. I, I love, you know, multicolored Sharpies and highlighters and post-its and I'm a stationary fiend. I miss just walking through Staples for no other reason other than to <laughs> sniff things. Same. <laughs> right. And so um, Passion Planner is one of those, uh, it's great about, you know, it's goal setting meets an actual agenda all in one. Um, and so they have a weekly one and they also have a daily one. So the daily is what I take to calls, you know, write out all, I do a brain dump, a daily brain dump into that daily planner. And then I chart out my, my week in my weekly planner. So having it written down um, is really helpful. And then number two is Calendly uh, has been probably the biggest game changer of my life. And I know this is probably answering another question, but the reason why I say that is because it, it leads to answering this particular question. My days are now a little bit more structured as a result of it. So I don't take meetings on Mondays and Fridays. And if people want to book a call to chat or an interview or anything, it has to fall within the hours of 11 to 3, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Now, it does mean that 11 to 3, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays are really hectic for me. But then by that point, Thursday at 3 o'clock, my, my week slows down and I can you know, catch up on emails and do other things because I've been on the phone for the past four or five hours. My, my days now have a little bit more structure to it than, than they did, you know, at the beginning of COVID. I have so much to talk to you about. And, <laughs> and, you know, my goal with this podcast is to keep it short. Everything you've just said, I love it. Compartmentalizing and taking things day by day. And the, the times that you've mentioned in the last few months of when you've experienced big shifts in your business and you've been adapting to the world shifting or waking up to what is going on. You mentioned that you're an event planner by day, but you've been a community leader by night for a number of years since 2015. That's when you officially launched Black Moms Connection and you set out to create this online village that you felt didn't exist for the Black mother and her family. And you're not just talking about business, you are talking about financial literacy, you are talking about housing, and culturally relevant resources for families. And you've grown that in a very short time in the last few months, even more quickly, I was looking at <laughs> media articles, and I see it went from, you know, 20 to 4,000 in the first year, and then 7,000 in 2017. And you were hosting your first conference, which I was so excited to see had on-site childcare. And now I just did a quick look and you're at over 16,000 members. And you've just received funding from the provincial government to do a financial literacy program. You won L'Oreal Paris Women of Worth, uh, one of their grants in 2020, right at the start of the pandemic. And you just, you've had these amazing, yes. I want to say you've been on a roller coaster this past year, like everywhere I look, wow, <laughs> Tanya, oh my goodness, yes, go you. And then how you're doing your work though is so amazing. You've taken the funds and transformed them into grants for mothers to buy formula and meals for themselves. Can you talk to us a bit about what to do when your community takes off or your business takes off and maybe you're not quite prepared for 
how quickly that's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. So for sure, BMC was started as a Facebook group. I asked 20 of my friends, hey, if I, I started this thing, would you <laughs> would you join? They said yes, because they're my friends. And, you know, um, the antidote that I always tell in terms of the launch of BMC is a sunscreen story. Is I was at a splash pad with my son. He was around two. And I asked myself, I'm like, oh, I wonder if there's sunscreen for black skin. And I knew, you know, like most millennial, Gen Z, whatever thing, demographic I'm in, uh, moms, new moms do. What we, what the first thing we do is we join, we download apps, uh, Baby Center, and then we join mom groups on Facebook. That's just how we all roll these days. Um, but a lot of those groups and even everything to do with motherhood, to be wholly honest, in online spaces is is very homogenous and very it's lacking in diversity. You know, you look at mom influencers, mommy bloggers, mom conferences on, on Instagram, uh, go to Google and, and look up the word mom or mother, uh, go to Google images, I should say, and see how long it takes for you to, to scroll and see a woman of color. So there is a lot of um, conversations missing in terms of motherhood and certain things are general, right? What are you going to feed these kids for lunch today? How much tablet time is too much tablet time? That's universal. But there are things that are not. And we need a space to be able to have those conversations without being gaslit. Oh, you're playing the race card. Oh, you're being paranoid. Why does that matter? Not everything's about race. Why you make everything about race? I've had members who've told me they've been kicked out of mom groups for even bringing up, you know, wanting to connect with other Black mothers or or whatever. And to connect is is the basis of humanity, right? We segment ourselves based off of so many factions, you know, religious, uh, geography, right? There's there's a group for uh, moms in the beaches area. I don't join that group because I don't live in the beaches. Um, they want to talk about things that are relevant to them as residents of the beaches. And there's nothing wrong with that. But every single time, you know, a racialized group wants to do something um, as a result of being excluded, then it becomes a problem. And there's, you know... Uh, accusations of reverse racism and all sorts of other things. You know, um, I didn't start out to create a movement. I started out to create a safe space and a village. I'm a single parent. Um, and I wanted to meet other Black moms that my Black son could play with. And because I knew based off of where I lived, he wasn't going to be going to very diverse schools. He was going to be the chocolate chip and the cookie. And I grew up as that. I grew up in Aurora. So I, I know what that's like. So I wanted to make sure he had balance in all aspects of his life. That's why it was important. But people don't get that and they don't understand it if they if they don't have the the knowledge and the background of being a black person. So, you know, it grew and it continued to grow and we made it a nonprofit in 2016 because I wanted to be able to take the conversations offline. I tell my admins and my board every week it seems that it still gives me heart palpitations that the the heartbeat of of BMC is is rooted on a platform that I don't own. Um, but it's too late to move everybody to like an app that I build or something like that. And everyone is still on Facebook. Um, as much as people are starting to boycott, it is still the juggernaut of, of community building. And so I think if people are looking to start their own groups, um, especially if it's based off of a business idea, you know, I think the thing to start with is, is why. Um, I think that should be the first question of any business venture anyways. What is, what is the reason that you want to do this? Um, is it for money? Is it for clout? Because if those are your first two reasons, then it's probably doomed to fail. I did not start out, as I said, BMC to create this large entity. 
um, when we hit 5,000 members, I was like, the first question, how are you going to monetize it? How are you going to monetize it? And I'm like, I have no idea that wasn't my intention. And I'm not here to just sell the moms a t-shirt. They don't need a t-shirt. I need to, to do something that has impact and makes a difference. And so that's why, you know, we focus on the financial literacy piece. And that's why we focus on having conferences where all the women on the panels and all the speakers are black or are black women or women of color, you know, and the conversation grows. And the reason why the community grows is because we pour into it, right? We moderate heavily for sure, but we allow people to have a safe space to talk about miscarriages and infertility and infidelity and sexuality and all the things that it's really hard for us as women to talk about publicly, but as black women, especially. So I think it's, you know, you have to really understand the why um, I, I'm a board member. I don't, there's nothing that I financially benefit from, um, has a incorporated nonprofit. I cannot. Um, and I think it's really important and that authenticity and transparency is what drives its growth. It's, it's what drives the growth of all of my brands, both personal and professional. Um, and I think it's what drives growth for any business. You know, people can tell when you're just doing things to sound good or to look good. Right. And I share my losses as much as I share my wins so that people know that I'm a human being and, you know, and understand, oh, you know, she's not just here for the cloud and, and stuff like that. And um, anything I do, whether it's all these media things or anything else, it's how is this going to be of benefit to the mom? And I, I keep that top of mind and I'm grateful for all the partnerships, whether it's Ontario Trillium Foundation, L'Oreal, TD, BMO, anyone that's come to us that says we want to support what you're doing to help moms is, you know, that's why it's grown and, and why we continue to, to secure the relationships and partnerships that we have. Big thanks to Tanya for taking part of her day this past summer to talk about her current schedule working from home and how she's navigated the rapid growth of her online community during a pandemic. Stay tuned for our next few episodes where we'll discuss what bringing your kids into business settings is like as they grow out of the newborn phase, how to create the change you want to see, and planting seeds now while remaining clear on your future vision. Check out tanyahales.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your network or leave a review for us. You can access more parent-friendly professional development by signing up to our newsletter on our website at mixingbabiesandbusiness.com. Thanks for listening.